0: Two, ready, one. Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago and joining me here, it's Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA.
1: I've just had enough.
0: We'll get to that later. Also joining us, Jed Brew, the director of Mission USA Productions. Ho ho ho! Whatever.
2: Merry podcast.
3: Whatever.
0: That's not helping Glenn's situation. Joining us all the way from Murfreesboro, Tennessee,
3: one of the pastor of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Just a minute, guys. I'm texting somebody. I'll be there in a second. What?
4: What? What?
3: what? I can't tell if that was good acting or a bit. I'm, i I just had an important text message coming. i just responding to the text message. Dude. You could have faked it. All you had to say was hello. Must
0: be nice. It's not like, to be you asked you a, it's not like I asked you. A, I did the thing we've done 147 times okay. in a row. Okay, okay.
3: run it again. It's run it podcast again. podcast time. Run it again. I'll just say hi. Hi. from Hey, from Oak Ridge. To, hold on a minute. <laughs> what?
2: Now, you're not doing this because you just had a house full of 40 teenagers, are you? Is, is that oh,
3: the inspiration? Oh, no. He caught it. We literally yeah. did have that many teenagers in our house, and it was like... It was, it was like the hormones were palpable. They were like a <laughs> tangible reality in the room. He caught the texting thumbs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we could go back and do that again, or I could just have Lee say a hello and I could edit, it in, edit that in later. But that's not going to happen. Is no. it because I'm lazy? A little bit. A little but more bit. than that, it's because it's Christmas... And we're all tired. We've had enough. <laughs> we record this on the Sunday before Christmas Eve. It drops on Christmas Eve Day and uh Wow. At least up here in Chicago, we've uh we've had a lot of Christmas on the last couple of days. It's, and Glenn, I think it hurts you most of all.
1: I have had it. <laughs> It, Would you care to be more specific? No. I've just had it. <laughs> okay. It's enough with the Christmas and the holiday jolly. Before we jolly jump into
0: uh, yeah. any more of that, the present day, I want to go back to a previous time when Uncle Glenn had had it with Christmas. Right. I want you to tell a story <laughs> about Ted's daughter, uh-huh. asking if that was really the title of your sermon.
1: Uh, uh, it, was, it, it was true that um, the head of church planting for all of North America, for the Presbyterian Church, did come to uh, a bridge service, uh, did bring his
2: young (laughs)
1: and impressionable daughter with him.
2: She was like, what, 10 years old at the time? About 10. And as
1: they got in the car to drive home after the service, the first thing she said is, Daddy... Does that man does that man really hate Christmas? Now you may wonder
0: where did she get this idea. What was the title of your sermon, Glenn?
1: Why I hate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, sort of, I would like to think that it was the birth of a more cynical young <laughs> lady. Sure worldly wise and uh you know her you're her, helping
2: I, is what you're saying.
1: I think she will thank me later. Sure. So, you know, uh more perhaps a little more jaded, yes, but uh, you know uh uh you know uh, uh now she wears black turtlenecks everywhere she goes and,
2: and <laughs> it's a lot of Christmas Kafka. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've had enough. Sure. Now, would you say that you're in a stable place of having enough or do you feel like it's a bit of a crisis how much you've had enough?
4: It's an emergency!
2: <laughs> okay, well, that, that does clarify. Tell me about wow. this. I was now worried on Glenn
0: on. Mac, I was worried that Jed meant crisis in the Victorian sense, but he meant <laughs> an emergency. There's, there's a lot of people that say... It's a family say, show, dude. They, Nobody knows what that means except us.
1: There's a lot of people out there They say a Christmas is over-commercialized. You know what I mean? Right. I keep sure, hearing I've heard Kirk that. Cameron say that. Okay, I keep hearing that, but I keep getting sucky gifts. <laughs>
0: so how how
1: over-commercialized could
0: it be? This I, would be the time when we remind Glenn that his wife listens to the podcast. <laughs> it's like say people say it's over-commercialized.
1: So I'm like, finally. Now, now <laughs> well, the, the loot is going to come it, in. It may not
0: be as commercial enough for Glenn because I, I've been around here for a few years, and I'm sure this is a pattern. Every time someone asks Glenn... What can I give you like as a thank? What would you like? Thanks for coming to this sermon or to at right. this conference. Or what would you like for your birthday, Christmas ever? Right. It always comes back in the same answer. What's yes. that answer, Glenn? Shoebox full of 20s. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Which
1: is awful. <laughs> and I know it, but this is what I'm saying is it's, it's – You're not built for Christmas. This, people say, you know – Jesus is the reason for the season. You know what? I love Jesus 24/7. Yeah. You know what I
0: mean? we don't I don't have a season for that. Sure. Uh, you just Jesus juked the reason for the wow, season dude. people and that's, that's right. impressive. Suck on it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Get a taste of that. <laughs> was that
2: a Yuletide sucket? It?
1: Yes, it was. Because this is what I'm trying to say is Christmas time drives me crazy. There's people everywhere, they're all happy you know sure and that disturbs me and bothers me and and uh i get to where you know it's like a forced happiness sure of course you know what if i'm happy i'll be happy don't you know we're
2: all happy glenn yeah Yeah. won't you join us in our joy this
1: holly jolly holly christmas we're getting the most wonderful yeah hey no uh slow down there Right. right mr hippie man you know
2: well, dude, I think I've got something for you. Okay, I, I think cool. I've got something that's gonna help you out. It's it's a documentary movie that I mm. saw recently. And cool. it it blew this whole Christmas thing wide open. All okay. right. Now
0: Jed, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you right here. On this show previously, yeah. we have had trouble with the definition of a documentary film. Okay. Glenn has claimed to see documentaries about the Titanic. Sure. Claim to see documentaries about space battles. I look I, but, I'm
1: gonna tell you right now, don't go anywhere near the Pacific Rim because they got giant monsters out there. Well, that was in the documentary. And don't Our
3: and, and, and do too. And you're not yeah, gonna to touch the, the documentary that we all saw about those chimpanzees that speak English and carry the AKs and ride they, the horses. That's basic science right there.
0: That is neither science nor documentary. So just in the interest of intellectual <laughs> dude, fidelity.
2: I, kn- I know this was a documentary, it was made by a doctor. Okay. okay. Well, so that makes sense, actually. You know, I mean, clearly. So here's the deal. You're saying he blows the the, the lid on the whole
1: Christmas That's scene. what I'm saying. That's okay. what I'm saying.
2: It's a doctor. Is a Greek name. I right, didn't feel okay. like I could pronounce it terribly okay. well, but, you know. Is it Dr. Sayers? Because that's circling back no, to no, the previous no, no, thing. No, 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 Okay, go ahead. No, but there's that, a good check, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what happened is there's these awful little people right. called the Who's. Right. Oh, okay. Dude, yeah, I know. D.P. Townsend?
1: They sound terrible.
2: He, he may be in there, too. Well, he said little people, so you might mean Daltrey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done. Wow. And they live in this terrible little place called Whoville. Right. That's, All right. Yeah. And it's just like a modern-day Gomorrah. I mean, it's starting
0: just... Starting to just, ring some bells. It's just terrible. And you're, you're okay.
1: saying it's like, who are they, Vill? Kind of a... Like, yeah, exactly what, What's right. the deal with these people, Ville?
0: Where do they get the
2: right?
3: No, who do they yeah, think
2: okay. they are, cool. Vill? Younger for the win Who do they think They are Because here's what They're doing It's all about Commerce and industry And money Filthy lucre If you will You know But there's one guy There's just one Mammon (laughs) <laughs> mammon exactly right Thank they're you. trying to serve mammon that's what they're on okay that's what's Which, up in Hooville. That's, that's a sin okay and they've got like roast beast gluttony second sin Oh my boom goodness. but there's one man i feel like he's almost a martin luther kind of character okay right who has the bravery Easy. he's got the conviction to stand up for what he knows to be right wow okay now he's an outcast okay sure. yeah and you know why he's an outcast it's because
3: he looks different okay man, that's okay. wrong right there man
2: it's wrong to reject people on the basis of their appearance. Sure, this dude—he happens to be green. He okay. didn't choose to be green.
3: He
1: didn't ask to be born that
2: way. He didn't. He just—you know—that happened. But you know, right. you know what he did. He looked at all that corruption, all that greed Come going on, on down in Whoville, right. and he said, "I'm just going to put an end to it." Right, Jed. Let me uh, let me pause you right here. Yeah. Um, just going to—I
0: know you said you had some trouble pronouncing the the name of the director of this yeah. film the writer yeah um why don't you give it a shot just uh
2: or spell it out i think it was like zeus something like that right. i that i you know good. I'm, maybe U really S S. that sounds pretty familiar yeah yeah Were who's one of the things the uh, who's down in whoville was their economy built on flugelhorns by any chance yeah i think that's i you must have seen the same documentary it was great right. it was yeah really so good. It was
1: good i gotta check that out yeah. okay
2: I I I
0: get frustrated occasionally on the show because right. of the things that come out of your noise holes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will give Glenn—he go out, he doesn't see the Pacific Rim, and he think documentary because right. at least the CGI has gotten good.
1: Right. Yeah. Did, hey, look, I ain't going to. Are you
0: aware of a lot of animated documentaries, Jed? Hey, I don't judge. They I did you think this is just shot on some real real grainy Instagramy filter? They picked up that boat and just ate
1: that boat, dude. <laughs> Let me tell you what—I ain't going out there.
0: So you watched (laughs) Beloved Children's television movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I guess. Based on Beloved's Christmas Children's book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Right. And you thought it was a documentary, which is disturbing enough, but we'll leave that because I just don't think that's fine. I'm going to win. Right. It sounds like you came away with the thought that the Grinch was the hero of the story. And not like post-turnaround Grinch. What was... When did you turn this movie off? Just well, guessing.
2: it was late, and I had to, you know, I had to get some sleep. But you know, last thing I saw is he took a big sack. Okay, and he went down. Nice. And he just he just took all their Christmas stuff. Perfect. He just took it. He said, right. "No more Christmas for you, people." <laughs> does, uh, he just right.
0: imposed his own thoughts about what Christmas should be on everyone, even though they didn't ask. And you thought that's real Christian? I'm going to turn it off. Now. I was like, that's, "That's my
2: hero right there." And then he went back up to because he lived like on a mountain, the way holy people always do. Sure, you know, I mean, you know, sinful people live you, down to the valley. You see, the Grinch is an right. ascetic. I do, I do. I, I think I think I call him Saint Gricher. I, sure. I think it's a French name. And no. the, this is
1: he's being persecuted for his beliefs. This is what I'm talking about, dude. You know, he so, cares about the, the purity of the season for the reason of the season. It's not happy holidays. No, dude. That's right. No. That's like Easy you Hannity. Don't, you don't <laughs> you don't even care what the this
2: is uh he's trying to bring it back to the traditional you know what I'm saying? This is what he's trying to do, and that's why I st- that's why I turned it off there. Because look, here is what I knew was going to happen. I knew he saved Christmas right. from the Who's. Right. I knew a bunch of pundits were going to come on right. and talk smack about how he's right. wrong and whatnot. But you know what? I stand with that brave man. Yes. So you, you know?
0: saw the, you did see the scene where it's the the child with the you know Cindy Lou Who with the the hair, and the, he's dressed up as Santa. And right, why are you taking all the uh, the stuff from my? We're, we're, my family's very poor, but we do enjoy Christmas, and we scrape things together. Right. Well, and he has the opportunity to turn around, but instead lies to the child and then steals the things from her family. Well, I mean- you right. watched that and thought, that's my guy. You know, he's just, look, he's
3: just saying, look, I, there's a light that doesn't light on this tree on one side, so I'm going to take it back there, fix it right up, and I'm going to bring it back here. Yeah,
0: I feel like here's here's what's that's going a man, on. That's a man, by the way, who has children and has watched this movie quite a bit over the last month. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's,
4: it's
2: well done. It's uh, well done. Here's here's what's clearly going on here. This yeah. is character assassination against the Grinch.
1: Clearly, and it's it's racist against Grinches. It is. Okay.
2: It is. <laughs> Mr. King.
1: It's anti-Grinchite. Okay. <laughs> King is an
2: anti-Grinchite. That's that's I'm clearly not an the case. bottom line this brother cared about what do you call someone who fails out of medical school a (laughs) Grinch (laughs) he cared about the reason for the season that's right he took action to protect the theological sanctity of Christmas right that's how the Grinch saved Christmas that's why he's a hero that's, to me. That's what a I'm talking about. A bold new retelling. That's what i so, But I just think you should watch that movie at yes. least up to that point. I didn't watch it after. Other stuff may happen. I don't know. Right, but I think right. you would appreciate that. I, I got to I, check it out. I think it would get you in the right holiday spirit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's what I need. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I, I think uh, based on uh, the helpful advice I'm getting here, I can declare a reason for the season of emergency off. Wow, I think we all feel better now. Yeah, I think uh, I think we all that really well. You know? <laughs> Super don't. I think probably people at home are writing this down and gonna there's go a lot of out. good
2: wisdom going on here, man. Yep, you know, you know, sometimes
1: the spirit's just flowing.
2: Yeah, it's just hey, we're blessed, man. Yeah, it's just yeah, you're welcome, internet. <laughs>
0: If you like Christmas and how the greatest soul Christmas. We've just pretty much crapped all over two things you really enjoy. <laughs> so uh, that's how we like to get started with the people, endear ourselves to our audience. Yeah, really take advantage of the warm feelings floating around this time of year. Ho
3: ho ho! I will and say now... my, my six-year-old son who has that book utterly memorized will never hear anything about this episode ever. No. <laughs> okay, even when okay. he's old enough to. Okay. I would
0: really like to hear Jack's version of the Boris Karloff voice. Yeah. I feel like he could pull that off. You start a page, he'll finish
2: it. Period.
3: He's got it well, down. Well, do
2: dude, given that Jack has has recently begun karate, I need you for my safety to keep him from hearing this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Cuz that's, that's
2: true. I, I, I feel like there, you know, it, it wouldn't go well for me.
0: Uh, uh, well, especially cuz if, if he if both he and your wife find out, that you're making fun of Christmas at the same time. Yeah, that could be. very there are multiple bad. people at martial arts training who are looking to put a Christmas beat down on Jed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now the
1: martial arts movie where the guy who loved the Grinch who stole the Christmas, yeah, is beat down ninja style.
2: Right.
3: That is you'd watch movie. that movie. I would watch that movie. That's a Christmas. Yeah, that's a Christmas movie. That gets you in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. And now,
0: if you're listening, Tony Jaw, <laughs> <laughs> that's right,
2: buddy. a you know, Tony Jaw Christmas movie. I would. i watch that. There's nothing I wouldn't pay to get that on Blu-ray. He,
1: he, he you know what? He, he, the people are trying to come against Christmas, and he just muy them. Also, exactly right.
2: <laughs> also, this
3: Boy episode. <laughs> also, this episode has given us the phrase "a Christmas beatdown" on Jed.
0: Sure. <laughs> well as you've heard we now have a new dream in life and that's to make tony job Muita- how the grinch Muitaid christmas starring tony job <laughs> yes that's right if you'd like us to have the funds to do that you're gonna have to subscribe to bridgebox oh yeah right. you're it'll, it'll the, really you gotta, be a
1: win-win-win you're gonna have to get a lot of your friends to sign up too. and but
0: won't it be worth it
1: it won't it be worth it
0: because here's what we do with Bridgebox Money now is we hire part-time employees from the neighborhoods we do ministry in to have jobs in ministry. We don't just pay much, but you know it's a little bit for, to, for transportation to get around and encourage other guys and do good work. And there's no way they'd be able to do that if it weren't for people to support Bridgebox. You can do that. We also get people bus passes to stuff like job interviews. We get people clothes. We do all sorts of good stuff with the $8 a month you give us. But if enough of you sign up, we can do that and <laughs>
1: – Tony Jop.
0: Hire Muay Thai legend Tony Jaw to make a movie where he saves Christmas through knee kicks. <laughs> Come on, people! And if don't you want to see it happen?
1: If you dream it, you can do it. Isn't
0: that the greatest Christmas gift of all? I think it is. If you like that, and while we're doing, while we're saving up the funds for how Tony Jaw punched Christmas, um, you, can, uh, you can, you'll all you'll get songs, sermons, devotional writings, Bible studies, videos that are not of Tony Jaw punching Christmas. But we're yet. getting there yet. You get all that stuff for only $8 a month. You can sign up at MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. There's a Lee Younger version, which involves a new, brand new song from Lee every month. You can sign up for that at MissionUSA.com slash B-B-L-Y. You can also sign up for both of those. Email me, Matt, at MissionUSA.com. We'll give you the super secret link. You can get both of those, $16 worth of stuff, for only $12. And while supplies last, if you sign up and email me, for either the bridge box or the Lee Younger one, let me know, and you can get a piece of merch we got laying around. We still got hats. I think think the buttons might be gone. It may be time to do a read on buttons. We still got hats, bracelets, and some T-shirts in most sizes. If you want a small, now may be the time to act, but missionusacom slash Bridgebox. All right, we're going to get our first question here. If you have a question for us hey, now, it's all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways you can get in touch with this. This first one came in our email address. It says, I have a question about prayer. As a mom, wife, employee, friend, and volunteer, my day is so full and busy. So when someone asks me to pray for them, or when there's a situation in my own life that I want to continue to lift up to God, I need some accountability. About a year ago, I began writing down on an index card one-word reminders, that is a harder sentence to say than you might think, of what I want to pray for daily, and I use it as my bookmark in my Bible. The idea was that every every morning as I sat down and opened up my Bible, I would have that list in front of me and would pray for those things. Here's the problem. As I open up my Bible and see that card, I dread it. I feel obligated to go through that list. I love talking to God, so that makes me feel even more guilty about my feelings about the list. But I feel like I should—I know that God knows what things are on my heart, but I feel like I should verbalize them, especially if I told someone I would do that for them. What is the best way to pray for my own needs, like my children, my marriage, my own walk with the Lord, and for the requests of friends that ask? Lee, why don't you start us off?
3: I love this question. It's very sharp, um, and I appreciate you writing it in. The, the number one thing that, that, uh, that is a huge red flag to me is we've got your, you know what you're calling your time with the Lord, your quiet time or whatever, where you know this time that you're setting aside in your day just to be closer to Jesus and you, and then something is making you feel guilty in that. That's my big red flag. So what we need to do is, if you've got time you're setting aside just to hang out with Jesus, it's just your time to be friends with Him, if something is making you feel guilty, even something that's good, like prayer, prayer is good, then it needs to be booted out of that time, because that needs to be a time that doesn't have any guilt or anything like that. So what I would say is, I would say give yourself permission to make that, that time, whatever it is, maybe it's 15 minutes, maybe it's 30 minutes, whatever you've got, where you're just hanging out with the Lord one-on-one, make that time utterly selfish. Don't make it about Amen. anything else. No, no friend's prayer requests, no, you know, my neighbor's knee surgery or whatever, not allowed in there. Put caution tape around it. That time is about your time with the Lord. You open up the scriptures. You're bringing your own heart to him. You're trying to get to a good place to face your day. That Be greedy about that. Be selfish about it, Give yourself permission to do that completely. And what I would do is just kind of as a, as a practical, and I, th- I think this works for me, a couple of things. One thing I learned from my wife actually is when, when somebody tells you something and they're saying, would you pray for me about this? I think typically what we do is we're, we're like, yeah, I'll pray for you about that. And maybe we go home right on a list. One thing that I've learned from Christy is that she goes, let's pray about it right now. Yeah. And she'll just pray about mm-hmm. it right then. She'll do it. and she won't it won't be this long thing. She'll pray about it for 30 40 seconds, lift it straight up to the Lord and then you did it. You prayed for him. Period. You just did it. You know, if you did it on the phone, this has happened to me a lot actually when I've, you know, I'll be talking on the phone to Jed. This has happened several times with Jed on the phone and I'll say, "Can you pray for this thing?" And he said, he'll say, "Let's just pray for it right now." And then you did it, you did the thing that you asked that that they asked you to do, and you you did it, you prayed for them now, if you've got that list with your friends or whatever prayer requests, what I would do is this is just a suggestion, maybe this wouldn't work if it doesn't work, great you know throw it right back. but take that index card and put that you know with the one word little reminders or whatever, and put that somewhere that already has something boring in your day. Let's say, like, a okay. dishwasher or like the uh, the stick it on your laundry basket with, you know, where you're taking dirty, you know, or you're taking clean clothes out of the dryer and you're going to fold them. And you just got that list stuck on there. You're folding clothes anyway. You're going to be sitting there for 10 minutes doing something boring anyway. Go ahead and just knock out that list. You know, yeah. you're putting away clean dishes. There's that list. I'm, I'm doing something boring anyway. I might as well do this. Or stick it in your car and, you know, at the red light. When you're sitting sure. there, then go ahead and read it. In other words, instead of putting it in the part of your day that you're really spiritually looking forward to and then dreading it, stick it in a part of your day that's boring or tedious already where you can, you can actually think and do something else at the same time and see if you can't kind of knock that out. The cool thing about your prayer requests is they don't have to be in your quiet time. That can be something that exists in another part of your day. Those are just totally. some thoughts that I get started, you know, just getting started. These guys can uh, can kind of round that out some more, but that's where I'd start with that. I
0: think it's a really good idea. I think one of the things that um, can carry on with all this stuff when you're talking about, you know, getting that dread, getting that pressure out of praying is the idea that prayer must be complicated and eloquent to be good. Glenn, can you talk a little bit about how that's not exactly true or true at all?
1: It really isn't. I, I you know, I, I, I dislike this idea of what's the best way to pray and so on and so forth. Uh, it, exactly what Lee is, is lining out to you is let's find a way that works for you, for your personality, for your day, for your lifestyle and so forth. I think, um, you know, for me, for example, uh, I'm sort of a post-it guy. If, you know, I get like a, a lot of people writing in the blog ask for me to pray for them and stuff. I just, I'm at my desk already, so I'll write it on a post-it and, and put it on my laptop, and it's right there or whatever. Um, But I also have a folder, like a file folder, uh, where I we take prayer requests uh in, in on our service that we have on Tuesday. People write a prayer request, and they put it in the box. Uh And so I take those, and I pray for those, and then I have like a, a file folder, and I put those in there, and I put my Post-its in there after I've been praying for those things for a while. And sometimes I'll just, I, I'll have it on my desk, and I'll just lay my hand, on that folder and say Lord <laughs> I need you to look out for all these people yep. they all need it they all you know uh, they they uh, these are my people I love them I'm holding them up to you they're trying their best it is not easy down here and <laughs> yeah. we need your help so you know that kind of thing um, uh, so I, I probably kind of by the time you run through all that I've sort of run the gamut of praying about it every different which way uh, but the the idea is that you don't judge yourself in the way yeah. that you're doing yeah. that. I, I think that's that leads to you know bad setups.
0: Well, I like that idea of praying at it every which way, coming in from different angles. And those are both two really good suggestions. And Jed, I think you have another, maybe just a, an, an experiment to try in your prayer life.
2: Totally, totally. I should say I felt exactly the way that this question is describing, you know, a sense of just, I got, you know, I got this huge long list and I feel like obligated. I've got to do this all the time. And it's, you know, I it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you've already heard some really good advice. This is one more thing to throw is just Chris for the mill. Um, say, you know, look at that list and find maybe the the 30 things on it that you personally care the most about in other words you got your buddy's cousin uncle that you know is you know um you know having knee surgery you don't really know the guy don't put that on this list but you know stuff that you know you personally care about and then take a month and take one item on that list per day only one And kind of like Lee's saying, we've got something else you're already doing. You're going for a walk. You're folding laundry or whatever it is. And pray about that one thing, but get in depth. Actually think it through. Process it through. Ask God to give you a sense of how he feels about that situation. Ask him to give you a sense of burden and love for the people involved in that situation. One of the key things you're looking for is what can I do? About right. this situation. In other words, one of the things that's commonly on people's, you know, prayer list is health concerns. You know, Aunt Mildred has the surgery and Uncle Bob has the thing and, and besides and so forth. Um, it's fine. It's good. It's lovely to lift up. Lord, please heal Aunt Mildred. Please watch over Uncle Bob and, you know, bring him full. That's, that's awesome and, and it's great and it's worth doing. But I think one of the things that can help a lot is, is to get it more personal and, and a lot more interesting is to ask, what can I do about mm-hmm. Aunt Mildred's situation? I can't heal her. I'm not a doctor. I'm not God. I'm not being called to do that. But what are the needs that she has? If you'll give yourself a couple minutes to try and get into what's it like to be Aunt Mildred? What's it like to be you know lying there in that nursing home and you know you got you know uh, tubes and IVs and everything else and, and that's got to be frightening. Okay. And maybe it starts to occur to you, you know what? I can't do much, but I could go next week and I could just spend half an hour just talking right. with her and just and just right. catching up with her, and that would mean the world to Aunt Mildred. I mean, that would. That would rock her whole world. And in that moment, you become a part of God answering that prayer. In other words, you're, right. you're going to the Lord and you're saying, would you help Aunt Mildred? But then you become a part of God helping Aunt Mildred. And, right. and that's in many ways what prayer is supposed to be, is both where we ask God to do something, but then we become willing to be a part of God's solution. That's and yeah. that's that's in many ways prayer at its finest. So I'd encourage you as an experiment, one thing a day. Give yourself five minutes and really try and get in depth and get a sense of of heart and feeling. What is it like to be in the situation? And how does God feel about it? And then what can I do about it?
0: I think it's a really good point. I think it's an interesting idea. Part of what I like about that is one of the things you get that prayer list that builds up is one of those things. One of the things about that that can feel kind of burdensome is a lot of that stuff's never really going to get checked off that list. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if someone's sick. They might be sick for quite a while, and that that can be a serious problem. What do you have to add on there, Lee?
3: I just I love some the stuff that we're saying about you know not judging yourself on on your prayers. I think it's also super important to remember that the Lord is not grading your prayers, right? You know, I mean, and and as Glenn's saying, not even
0: on mms per minute. Mm. Yeah, we just today Mm.
3: we just mm. just just oh oh, mm. amen amen brother amen brother. Let me get an assist on that. But like, you know, I want to make this prayer famous. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, I love what Glenn's saying about the, you know, just putting his hand on the file folder and just like, okay, everything underneath my fingertips right here. Mm -hmm. You know, I have this thing that sometimes when I'm praying for like the kids that come to our high school group, I'll just say, okay, Lord, here we go. And we'll just, I'll just, in my brain, I'm Rolodexing faces. Here they go. Yeah. Okay, there they are. It, and then and then I start my prayer. You know, and sometimes it's sometimes you're super in-depth, stuff like that. But I think it's important that you realize, like, a couple of things. Not only is the Lord not grading your prayers, you turn your heart to him. He is electrified. He loves that. I mean, loves every bit of it, whatever shape it takes or whatever. And also, <clears throat> we do have a promise in Scripture in Romans 8 that says that, whatever, like when, when you just don't know how to pray about something that the Holy Spirit actually prays for you with groans, you can't understand. I mean, he, he, you know, it's like the Holy, the Holy Spirit is able to kind of translate and supersize and, 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 you know, just really max out the prayers that you have. In other words, he's able to take the stuff in your heart that you can't even, you can't even describe. And he's able to take it straight to the heart of the father and, and make it awesome
1: absolutely and if i could if i could uh, jump in there lee i think the the thing that i hear you and jed both describing is is really um uh, an exchange that's taking place, yeah. and I really want to leave you with that picture in your mind. It's the idea that I'm—I I have burdens for these people. I care about these people, you know. It, as Lee's describing, these are these are youth I, I want to minister to, and they're going through so many ups and downs and so many struggles. And my heart is breaking for that. But I want to take that, and I want to—I want to lay that down. I want to recognize you're sovereign. You're in charge. Yeah. Yeah. You're kids. You're going to fix it. You—you you got this. Uh, I want to lay that down, and then as Jed is suggesting, now that I've unburdened myself, uh, now the, uh, uh, you, uh, there's no sense of that obligation piece that yeah. we're 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 getting into here. Of I have to pray because it's a thing and it's a mechanical process. Now it's something I look forward to doing because I become recentered, I become refocused. I, I'm I, the weight is off of me uh, because I'm giving these things to the Lord. Uh, but then it's about taking back from the Lord, uh, uh, receiving from the Lord, what Jed is talking about, which is uh, here are some uh, uh, marching orders, here are some ideas, yep. here are some things that we can do to work with that situation. So I think if we've if we're if we're getting that exchange yep. going, yep. then yep. we can feel like okay, I'm successfully handling this.
2: Go for it, Jed. Just throw in one final comment. I think it's the flip side of what of what Glenn is saying. Any time in our spiritual life That dread enters the equation It's time to make a change yeah. Yeah. Um, When you go to the gym it's one thing for your Muscles to burn that's good that's lovely The moment something hurts the moment You experience pain you need to stop immediately Because if you keep going you're going to hurt yourself You're going to damage your right. tissues um, Same thing in your spiritual life the moment You feel dread that just oh god I just I can't do any more of this it's time To make a change that's not something you want to push Through that's not something you want to just Grit your teeth and bear it's time to make a change don't when dread comes up take that as a sign i need to do something different yeah
1: yeah you when you lose that sense of joy yeah and things yeah
0: yeah i think it's absolutely right i think it's a lot of good stuff if i could summarize a lot of what we're saying is as glenn started this out with i don't like the idea of judging the way you pray so you're praying wrong but if you don't come out of your prayer time with the thought that you have lightened your burdens you're not getting the most you're not getting what you should want to be getting out of your prayer time. It yeah, yeah. doesn't mean all the problems are fixed, but prayer should be one of those things that feels like, okay, now I can move on to the next thing. Yeah. I can come back to this tomorrow, all that stuff. But as these guys are saying, if you're not feeling that sense of relief, you need to yeah. retool something. That's, You've yeah. got a lot of good ideas on how to retool. And we said this in recently in our stuff about devotional time, try one of them, try all of them. One of them will work for a while and then it will stop working. It's right. time to try a new one. It's something you're always going to be tinkering with and that's okay.
2: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's take a time out, reconnect the sky. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. You got it.
4: <laughs>
2: Lee, we brought um we had a kazoo choir as a part of our gathering tonight. That was a legit thing? That's a for real thing. And um uh by We
1: had a kazoo competition. We
2: had a kazoo competition. Okay. And by the, by the end of it, uh, we had Pete and Tasha, um, you know, and then uh, Mark Anderson, who I don't think you've met, no. but um, has a conservatory degree in percussion. He's beatboxing, they're kazooing, um, and doing fully orchestrated renditions of Christmas classics. That's
3: incredible. Lee, can you try to turn that little video thing on and off? Ours is on. I've got you. Are you not getting video feed of me?
1: No. Okay.
3: Let me. Let me toggle that. There you, you go. You got it. Yep. Okay. Uh, just for your purposes, Matt, if you want to take a note, that that edit point would be about thirty-two minutes and change.
0: Yeah. Luckily, I think I think luckily since we all stopped, I'll just be able to do it when it goes to
3: flat. Line. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: True. But that's a good note. I will write that down.
2: I wish I gave you good notes.
0: That
4: also must uh, be nice.
0: (laughs) Also help for uh, making notes about um, quotes later on to have the actual time. All right, so we're starting the second question Mm -hmm. now. All right, our next question came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. It says, "How do you rejoice (laughs) in your singleness during the holiday season?" Whatever. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) I'm mid twenties, thinking a relationship, but unsuccessful thus far. All these holiday events, such as parties and family events, leave the single one sticking out like a sore thumb. You don't fit in with the couples. You don't fit in with the newly separated or divorced adults. Definitely don't belong at the kids' table. How do you manage the void and loneliness while making the most of the season? Glenn, talk to us about being happy at Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I love that
1: phrase. How do I rejoice in singleness? um and i'm sure that was uh, the title of the uh the book the book yep. or the uh, the youth retreat or whatever it was or the college seminar or whatever uh, that's not you know the you don't exactly rejoice in being single I think that's that's that's, yeah, that's, that's also
0: different than rejoicing in God during a time when you are single Yes. rejoicing in the singleness
1: yeah i I rejoiced in my singleness but I don't think it's what those people <laughs> are talking a, about at all that was
0: an entirely different book yes
1: yeah exactly right so um so let's uh, uh manage our expectations on that um I think you know one of the things though I would like to say to uh, single people, single Christian people, trying to fit into social situations, family situations.
0: Whose, as I believe, they're referred to
1: exactly, um, is that I think there's a a sense of married people are in a married people club, and they all like each other,
0: they all hang out with each other. Well, I've seen that secret handshake. Yeah, they teach <laughs> as, you at brunch. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and the the truth is, for whatever <laughs> weird reason, when you're when you're uh a couple you tend to have couple friends you know so that's kind of how that goes but you don't you know being on the married side i can reflect back to you we don't feel like we are in a special club and that you're not in it and it's awkward that you're here and you're like single
2: it's like you're getting your singleness on me yeah it's like (laughs) wrong glass (laughs) exactly it doesn't
1: work that way it's it's really not like you're standing out in that sense you know um, uh you know, uh, usually when we get together uh, uh, as a staff or, or, you know, with our interns, we had our, our uh, Christmas uh, extravaganza today. We had all our people here. but uh,
0: Extravaganza is not the word you use in the emails. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was that word? I can't remember. I but, can't recall. It was biblical.
1: Yeah. The idea is uh, when we get together and we had, you know, uh, Grace, the intern, came yes. back. We had Austin, the intern, came over and all that with their significant others. If you'd like to
0: come to college in Chicago and intern for us, it's a great thing, but Glenn will force you to change your last name to the intern.
1: That's correct. Uh, it's worth it for the experience, y'all.
0: But we have, but there's a tendency to, to uh,
1: you know, to think, well, if I'm a single person, everybody's in a couple, then that's going to stand out. And it's going to be a thing. But I, I think that's something. Sometimes
0: it's a standard procedure for other people to think that on your behalf, even though you don't feel that way. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly right. You have people, when are you going to be dating and who are you seeing and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's important not to internalize that because I, I don't think that's a real thing. I don't think it's a real concern. You shouldn't feel like a burden or a Pressure that that in some way, if you have someone, you're going to spit in in a special way.
0: I think that's true. I think one of the things, and I, I put this in the blog post, and I said this, and bless your heart, person wrote this in. We love you, and we're we're happy to try to help, and we've all you know had similar feelings. But when you find yourself thinking, I wish I could hang out with the cool divorced people, yeah, you may have lost a healthy just aspect yeah. on what relationships. Yeah, hold right. in your life and as Glenn pointed Out you've probably heard some Probably read some crappy Christian book that You right. like get in your brain that's not your fault but It's one of those things of if I just Anytime you find yourself thinking if only This one thing was different all my life right. Would be happiness yeah. all the time yeah. That's a problem because happiness is A choice
2: and you can start that right now right Jed? Right. that's totally true there's Actually um there's a bunch Of research behind this uh And I encourage if you're looking for a good Book to read anything by Henry Clark cloud you should yep. go read immediately but one of the things and he's a, a doctor a counseling psychologist you know, very cool dude one of the things he talks a lot about is and that
1: and he's also a Christian he's
2: you know, also a Christian from a Christian
1: perspective
2: he writes about a lot of the, the research over the last 20 30 years related to human happiness and here's what they found circumstances are about 10% of your overall happiness yep. that's it if you met the person of your dreams tomorrow that would force you to be about 10% happier than you are today none of us feel like that's true right but that's statistically numerically true about how Half of your overall happiness is completely up to you. It's just the way that you choose to live your life, the things that, that you choose to do. And I say that to say that um, you can choose during the holidays uh, to hang out with your friends and people that you love and have a great time. You you can do that. It, it involves creativity. It involves work. It involves taking an active role in managing your life. But you can do that. I'll give you an example. I believe it was the first Christmas that Hallie and I, and Hallie's my wife, the first Christmas we were married. We, um, a lot of the external circumstances in our life were really tough. I mean, really super hard. We had a, a, a lot of drama going on with, with some relatives, and, and funds were very tight. And it was a lot of difficult stuff. But we decided we know all these people that are in difficult situations, and they're you know kind of stuck with relatives and whatnot. So we took our minivan. And we converted it, we termed it the roving oasis of sanity. <laughs> right. We we made it a roving luau. We had high sea, we had right. Christmas lights, we had Hawaiian ukulele music, and we went around to all these people that we knew were having a rough time, parked in front of their house or apartment or whatever it was, and gave them a place to come and be away from the crazy people for 20 minutes. There you go. We took you know candy and hot cocoa and, and Hawaiian punch and the whole thing. It was great. We had a great People time. People still speak of it. People still speak of it. They had a great time. But what that originated from was us deciding we're going to take charge of our own experience. Yeah. We're right, going to right. decide to have a happy Christmas. We're going to decide to have a happy time. We're going to choose happiness. You can do that, too. It probably won't look like driving around in a minivan for you, but you can choose that. What If you don't actively choose that, what will be chosen for you will not be happy. And, and that's the thing that you're really looking at is uh, my default option is ending up with Aunt Mildred asking me for the hundredth time when I'm going to meet a man. And that's, right. that's not going to be happy. The good news is you can choose something else and we want that for you.
0: I think that's absolutely right, and part of that choice is, we've talked about this before in relation to other things, it may be weird to think about in relationship to this, but I think it's a really strong point, is that idea of, I want to talk about a little bit what Jed closed there, where if you just leave it up to be cast to the winds and figure out whatever happens, that's not going to go well. The idea of mission, we don't always think about, like, I'm going to have mission for my Christmas break, but that would really help this situation out a lot, right, Lee?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the creative, just the creative thing that Jed and Hallie came up with right there but you know if you said okay my christmas break i anticipate that it's going to suck for these reasons because i'm single and i'm going to all these things well you know and and when you look at if you analyze that what's behind that i'm the only lonely person in the room okay so that's that's the thing that you're down about and that makes perfect sense so what if you say okay it's something that you've heard these guys say on the podcast before um uh, and uh and, and we'll go ahead and and give props to it, this all originated with Glenn. So we're just gonna give go ahead and give props to that. But credit—it's really, a
0: Christmas miracle. It, it
3: never happened. The concept is the concept is called give away the thing that you're wanting to get.
4: Yeah, and yeah. and
3: so you know you're you're the problem that you're feeling is. I'm the lonely one in the room and everybody else has somebody to talk to and somebody to pay attention to them and stuff like that. So I'm the lonely one in the room. Okay. So what if you change the channel from that with the thing that's breaking your heart and you find, okay, somewhere there's somebody lonelier than me on this Christmas break. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find them and I'm going to give them a listening ear. Yeah. I'm going to make this Christmas break about them. Now maybe you got a granny in an old folks home. Right there in your town. Guess what? You take some cookies and something up to her room, and uh, you know, uh, uh, take a take a, a CD of Christmas tunes by Frank Sinatra from when she was a kid. You know, from when she was a you know teenager or young mom or something like that. You're gonna make her day, and then no you doubt. ask her stories about you know what, what was it like when you what was Christmas like when you were raising my mom or whatever. You know, whatever it is. <clears throat> Tell me some stories. Uh, my, my wife's grandmother actually lives in a nursing home, a kind of assisted living place in our town. And Christy will go over there and she'll turn on the voice memos on her phone and she'll just ask Nan questions. And Nan will just tell stories. And she's recording these stories. She's getting some cool stuff, man. But here's the thing is, now you've changed the channel. Now you're not just yep. dreading the fact that you're the loneliest person in the room. Now you're making another lonely person's day. By becoming the person that hangs out with them. And I, I know, I know that right now you're thinking, that's not going to fix it. Dude, you try something like this, it will completely revolutionize your day. Completely. Yeah. Because what yeah. you're doing is you're changing the channel off of your own misery. And you're and you're giving your life away for somebody else. And our Lord said, when you try to hold on to your life, you lose it. You give it away, you're going to find it. That's That's yeah. a mathematical yeah. equation you can take to the bank. Every single time you give your life away for somebody else. You are going to be happier than you could have possibly thought you, you go and serve somebody this Christmas break, give away the thing you're trying to get for yourself. You're going to be ecstatic. It's going to be your best Christmas break. Absolutely.
0: I think that's absolutely right. I'm going to close this out on what Gwen may pointed out there in that rundown of the Christmas party. I've been in this situation. Here's the thing as we have talk about no one else is thinking about you. Yeah. Right. I mean, there may be as, the one auntie who's really, but she's basically trying to entertain herself and yep. actually right. uh, talk about your situation. So if if other people aren't disqualifying you, there's no need to pre-disqualify yourself right. from that's fun true. and enjoyment. <laughs> Just go. And if someone says, I'm sorry, I'm going to need to see your relationship card before they let you into this party, you don't want to be in that party. And yep. that's okay. Right. You can go find something else to do. But there's this idea of the thing I, s- I feel awkward about. Everybody else can smell it on me. <laughs> right. And it's Christmas. Everybody's got a million things to do. They're, they they fi- the, Every married couple there had a fight in the car over yes. about the cookies and what do we do with cookies and why didn't yes. you like the cookies enough. Everybody's dealing with their own stuff. Just go, relax. It'll be, be great. Cool. <laughs> or go to less things. Yeah. Because Christmas mm. parties are not to be enjoyed. That may just be my own personal feelings swimming f- through there. But sometimes you go, I'm going to go to the office party with the people that I spend all the time with, but I'm not getting paid for this time, so that'll be the difference. It'll be great. <laughs> Maybe just don't go to that.
3: That's a possible solution. Well there, was a, well, there was an actual sentence that Matt texted me this week, which was, uh, both of us being introverts, there's nothing happier than canceled plans. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that was, that was a, great, a sentence so great, I shared it with my wife, and we, we both high-fived over it.
0: It's a joy when you get that phone call. That says sorry, you can't make the, you can't make the thing. Oh, oh well, no. that's too bad. Well, oh, no. But I still get credit for being willing, though, right? <laughs> that's <Right, right. laughs> the magic. I'm gonna go ahead
1: and mark that down. So yeah.
0: But as we're pointing out, there's the flip side to that of the loneliness thing. We say, oh man, I wish I had somebody to go to the uh, somebody to go to the movies with and have some popcorn. Go find the single friend. Find the grandma. Find the kid in the middle school group, and just. Go buy them some pizza and have go to the movies with them. Yeah, that's right. I, I know, as Lee pointed out, I know that sounds like a 10% solution. It's actually about a 90% yeah. solution. Yeah. yeah, it's really true. It's not the same thing. It's not your place relationship. It's not what you eat. But that's actually going to address a lot more of these issues than you think it's going
2: to. Yeah, no doubt. It was surprising. All right, we're
0: move on to our final question here. It came in anonymous with our Tumblr inbox. It says... I, currently att- I am currently attending a performing arts school and have performance anxiety or stage fright, as do my fellow classmates. We have worries like, what if I mess up that part of the song? What if I forget all my lines in the middle of the play? Even my friends who lead worship, preach, center, and et cetera deal with similar worries. How do we get peace from God when dealing with this exhausting stress on a daily basis and keep our sanity? Jed, why don't you start us off?
2: I'm going to tell you a story. I'm not making a word of this up. Earlier this year, I lead worship at our bridge service in Chicago. Uh, you know, nearly every week, and um, uh, we have people with a history of substance abuse and and you know uh, uh, deep problems that that come. And ninety nine point nine percent of the time, they are as lovely as lovely could be. You know, and, and no no wouldn't couldn't wouldn't be willing to say a bad word about me or anything else if you put a gun to their head. Right. But every once in a while, we had this, and to be
0: clear. By every once in a while, we're literally talking about once in about eight years here. So.
2: Exactly right. We had a lady uh, wearing a leopard print jumpsuit. Yep. About 4'11 in yeah. terms of her height, probably yeah. about 75 pounds, a small person.
1: Yes. And, and most of it completely pickled.
2: <laughs> I mean, this gal was drunk. I mean, <laughs> yeah. she, she had been hitting, she hadn't been hitting the sauce. The sauce had been hitting her. That's I mean, right. That's um, right. She she was she was lit up. Okay, so we get ready. Now, you guys may know that nearly, not all, but almost all the music that we do at the bridge, we write in-house, specifically for right. the men and women that we're working with. They have very specific needs and, and Jed stuff. Jed is using the royal we there because he does that. That's correct. But, but uh, you know, they got, they got very specific needs. You know, their reading level is not uh, terribly good. You know, a lot of modern praise and worship, actually, they really don't like because it for a variety of reasons. So you put all that together, we, we write a lot of our own music, but it's very, very well received. It's very much enjoyed. Um, but we're going up to sing our last song. You know, the main worship is already over. It's just, it's a closing song. And as I'm walking up the stage, I'm literally picking up my guitar. This gal starts yelling at the top of her voice, excuse me, excuse me, I got a question. Well now, okay, I've been doing and this. That's work.
0: not unheard of at the bridge.
2: That's not unheard of. And I, yeah. I've been doing this work a long time. So I just said, not right now you don't. And I started to play a song. She gets out of her seat. She Mm -hmm. marches up to the stage and begins announcing to me in the room, when are we going to sing some songs that people of color want to sing? When is that going to happen? And literally... Uh,
1: Ignoring the the room full of people of color that have been singing all these songs... All night (laughs) long. All night long and enjoying it, yeah.
2: Before I can respond... She begins waving her hands in the air, leading her own song. It was a worship mutiny. It was a worship mutiny, literally attempting to take over the the service. She commandeered the vessel. She commandeered the vessel. So so here's what happens. Now, the way we structure our services, we cover a lot of heavy stuff. So we have an extremely upbeat front section. And then our closing song, we generally have to be pretty chill. We have people keep their seats because people got stuff they got to think through and pray through, and we want them to do that. And she's just killed all of that. So we've got you know our staff, of course, marching up to take her by the arm and and lead her off and whatnot. In that moment, let's hit pause. This is every worship leader's worst nightmare. Well, it's
1: probably worse than their worst nightmare, to be fair.
2: I mean, this is the worst thing in the world. But here's what we did. I said, all right, friends, we're going to do a change of plans. Everybody stand up with me. Put your hands together. Let's sing this last song. And it was like it had never happened. Yeah. We yeah. sang the song. It was great. We worshiped. We prayed and we ate. It was lovely. And I had a dozen people start to say worship was great tonight. I Man, That's was just yeah. so beautiful. It was yeah. so lovely. Here's why I tell you that long story. People, when things go wrong, they're looking to use the person on stage to get their cue of whether or not there's a problem. If you communicate with your tone, your words, and your body language, there's no problem. There's no problem. We're all good. Then they say, there's no problem. Whether you're performing as a part of a theater troupe, a jazz band, an interpretive dance company, if you're preaching, it doesn't matter. If you're doing something up front, here's the bottom line. Things are going to go wrong. I pray for you they don't go as catastrophically wrong as someone trying to commandeer your worship (laughs) service. But they will go wrong guaranteed plan on it what a what a truly um, experienced performer or preacher or upfront person does is they plan for things to go wrong and what their attitude and response will be in that moment because that's the only thing anyone's paying attention to is this person rattled if you decide in advance I'm not going to be rattled I'm going to it would just the show must go on they will all go with you I promise because I've seen every variation on that if you're rattled, rattled there they will be rattled too so decide now start practicing to not be rattled when things go wrong.
0: It's absolutely right. There's a reason the saying isn't, the show should probably go on if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have a little more force behind it than that. <laughs> and uh, Lee, you've also done a lot of leading worship and preaching. But you've also done some actual performing in bands, as have Glenn and Jed. So what do you say to this person?
3: Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's, it's in the similar. It's in a similar vein in the sense that I literally mess up something every single time I'm on the mic. Totally. I mean, I, I've, I've never in my life had every single thing go it's it's like when you're watching those downhill skiers and they're going around those they're going around those little gates and you know and you see one that like never knocks over a gate and you've never seen that. That nobody goes perfectly down the course and never knocks over one of the gates. I mean, I miss a chord here or there, I stumble over yeah. a word in the middle of a message. I kind of I got these two points out of order, and so for a second I'm kind of uh, 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 backtracking, but it's, you know, it, I've never had everything go perfectly all the way down the pike, and here's the yep. thing on that. It literally doesn't matter. It just yep. doesn't matter. I mean, I've been, I've been leading worship since 1999. I've never done it perfectly, and it doesn't matter at all. It just, there's a thing that, there's a thing that people are afraid of, which is what if the worst happens? And what we're kind of trying to say here is nothing happens. If the worst happens, nothing happens. You just keep cruising through. It's one of the reasons that like the way that we like to do stuff is, you know, you keep it loose, get ready for this. You know, it's, it may go off the rails. I'm going to go ahead and run the room anyway. You know, if, if. If somebody's if somebody's going to have a laugh about something, I'm going to have the biggest laugh about it. I'm going to steer the wreck. If everything wrecks, I'm still going to steer the wreck into yeah, the next exactly place. That's exactly right. One thing that I think would be uh, you know, I I mean I think in the middle of this you're you're in a sense, I'm always a little nervous. If I'm uh, on if I'm if I'm on the mic, if I'm on the stage, I'm always a little nervous about it just because I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. It's that fear of what if you know what 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 exactly is going to happen something's going to go wrong that's okay and and it's and, and if you know it's going to happen and you know it's not a big deal it helps a whole lot one of the things that helps me a ton and this is especially in ministry stuff but i think it i think it can translate into art and it can translate into theater it can translate into performing arts and stuff like that just as easily which is if you really really have a burden for how cool or important the thing you're doing is that makes it that makes it to me a whole lot easier. For instance, here's what I mean yeah. by this, and then and then I'm gonna toss this toss this thing over, which is like w- when I when I'm kind of getting ready for like a, a talk that I'm gonna give high school kids about Jesus. It's really easy for that thing to get in my head, and for me to think I, I just I can't do this. I, I I don't have this. I don't know the direction this needs to go. I don't know where I need to land this plane or whatever. And then n- invariably. The day that I'm going to give that talk, I'll go to the high school and I'll hang out with some high school kids and I'll, I'll be reminded of how screwed up their lives are, how desperately they need to know Jesus, how much they need him. And this, and, and it's like the, 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 the penny drops and I realize in my mind, oh, wait a minute, I have the answer that they're looking for. I yeah. do not need to be afraid about this. I'm ready to give this talk right now because they are so desperate. And, and knowing, just getting in my head how important and cool and awesome it is, the thing that I have for them, which is I have life for you. And if you just yeah. let me tell you, I, I, this will literally change your life. And just knowing how cool it is and that can translate into the arts and stuff like that. Like, man, I've got to tell you this. I've got to communicate this thing. I've got to perform this thing because it's so awesome and you need to see it. That can, that can change the way that you feel about it. Kind of take some of that anxiety out and make you feel more pumped about what you're doing.
0: That's absolutely right. Glenn, can you talk a little bit about the, uh, the idea that memorization is not the same as communicating. Yeah. Just
1: along the lines of what, uh, uh, we're hearing from both these gentlemen is this idea of if you, um, the, the the idea is that if I had a perfectly executed, yeah. memorized, whatever thing, then that would make the perfect performance. In yeah. other words, it, I, I, as Lee was talking, and he said, I've never had a perfect uh, uh, performance on praise and worship, the, the question that came up on my mind was, if one of those times was perfect in terms of remembering everything, would that make it really great? Yeah, right. And I don't think it would. Yeah. I mean, it would just uh, – it, 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 sometimes the, the mistakes kind of fuel you in a kind of a way. kind of break you out of a shell. Uh, sometimes um, uh, having things go wrong and it doesn't kill you is a great yeah, thing to yeah, figure out. Yeah. Uh, because if you, if you take the story that Jed told, I'm on the other end of that spectrum in the sense of I have to prepare people who work with us for having the kind of situations that Jed ended up having. So uh, how do you you prepare someone for handling something like that? Well, here's the thing. When you guys subscribe to Brissbox, as as Matt was pointing out earlier, we uh, then are able to hire guys to work for us part-time with a very small salary, but they're products of the ministry, and we're able to— to hire them and then they help us out in the service so that's our deacons division we have deacon craig and we have deacon kim and they help us out now uh they've never done anything like up front in church stuff i mean they they you know bef- that's that's all new to them so we have them, you know. We started having them make announcements and take over different parts of the service. So they're slowly but surely transitioning into <laughs> their sort of emceeing this thing. Well, now here's the thing that you know and I know. If you're doing this for the first time, you know, you never it's terrifying. It's terrifying, right. and of course you're going to make mistakes. We 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 gave uh, Craig in particular, okay. Here's 15 things to stand up and say. Now go get up there and say all 15 of them. There's no way he's going to remember. We all know this, but you have to get up there and you have to have the experience. Now, Craig gets up there and does his thing, and he gets uh, to about the third or fourth thing on his list, and he just vapor locks. Yep. I mean, it just his brain seizes <laughs> up, and he cannot remember what the thing is.
3: And and in that um, moment, you don't even know what your name is.
1: Exactly right. And what Craig heard in that moment of quiet and and stillness within the sanctuary was a deep, loud, booming boo (laughs) from the back of the church. There was someone going, boo, boo, Craig, boo. Now, Glenn, when you say someone. Yeah. Yeah. Who was that? That was me. Yeah. Here's the thing: is everyone has that fear that they will screw up in church and get booed, and get booed. That's like the worst, you know. So I booed him. We we got it out of the way, and here's what happened: we all laughed. Yeah. Because it's, it's it's a funny thing. And I'm making fun of the idea that it's a performance. I'm mocking the yeah. idea that it has to be just perfect. And I'm booing him and we all laugh. And immediately he remember what he had to remember and went on just fine and whatever. Afterwards, we're laughing about it. But the, the idea behind that is I want to take you through that journey of having the worst possible experience yep. from the very beginning. So you realize, hey, uh, it's not about that. It, it's, yeah. as, as Lee was saying, it's about having that passion, having that uh, burden that you're communicating through what it is that you're saying and doing. It's, it's not about it being perfectly polished.
2: Just a real quick final thing to, to you know, put a cap on all of that. People in any kind of performance setting, and just forgive the term, but including worship and preaching, you know, anything that's up front, people respond to something human. That's what people respond yeah, to. Yeah, it's really true. The, the thing about whether it's a recording or a movie or a play or whatever, things that are perfect are lifeless. Yeah. There, there's, there's no way around that. I mean, when you listen to a perfectly executed recording, you forget it immediately. Yeah. Guaranteed. It's plain. It's, there's, nothing, there's nothing to it. Yeah. Years ago, I, well, a long time ago now, I wrote a record called God Quit. And it's all about suffering. And the question is, where is God in the midst of suffering? And a church had a coffee house and they brought me in to, to play some songs. And I'm playing, I'm performing the title song, you know, and, and the, the chorus is this big question of did God quit or is there something I'm missing? That's, that's the big chorus. And in Chicago, because this is an awful place where no human being should live in the summer, we get huge, huge thunderstorms yep. um, It routinely knocks out power. In the middle of performing this song, the middle of the chorus, huge crash of lightning, and all the power to the church goes out.
1: <laughs> right. We're all it's, it's nighttime. We're all it's, sitting in the dark. It's right. nighttime.
2: We're, we're all sitting in the dark. I just kept playing. Right. I kept singing the song. Years later, I had people come to me and say, dude, the coolest thing I've ever seen right. was the power going out and you just keeping going and playing that song. It's the coolest artistic moment I've ever been around. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's not that amazing of a song. It's, it's an okay song. But what they were responding to is there was something human in right. that moment. That's what they were responding to. All of your mistakes on stage are a chance to be a human being and let people see something real mm-hmm. and authentic. If you take a hold of those, people will be riveted in a good way, I guarantee you. If they do, if you don't take a hold of them, everyone's going to feel awkward. But it's an opportunity for something amazing every time that happens. Yeah, it's
0: absolutely right. I want to tack, uh, kind of tack that together with the thing Glenn was saying about him preparing people for such instances because there are ways to repair and if you're at a performing arts high school you presumably have teachers who have done a fair amount of performing and i don't know what they are i've never acted i've never done music but every profession every trade has little tricks yeah for how to keep it going when something goes wrong yeah. um recently in the last couple of years jed's guitar strings have decided to start breaking after like five years of never breaking one at the bridge yeah so we could you know step the whole service down from, well, I'm so sorry about, well, we're going to, I would just, you know, d-, and then while we string the guitar, or now Jed just has two or three acapella ch- songs right. that he just immediately goes to. Yep. And then we finish out the worship set that way. Now, part of that is Jed being a very seasoned worship leader, knowing how to do that. That's in the execution, but the 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 plan is in having a plan.
2: Yeah, that's right. exactly right. right. One
0: yeah. of the things, uh, I, I do a fair amount of preaching up here at our bridge service, and the, Glenn has me doing that, learn how to do that. So, one of the things I learned is I have we everybody has their own system for notes and bullet points, and how they do it, and I try to keep it real real sparse so I can kind of glance down and just see you know you know grace, and then I'll know that means this paragraph but i i one of the things that means is occasionally I'll have to give the the old uh c p u in my brain a second to look at a word and say, "Well, that says Nehemiah, I'm talking about drugs." I'm going to need a second on this. Right, right. Yeah. So one of the things I learned is you can either fill uh, but one of the things Glenn and I were working on my preaching otherwise was letting the silence breathe. Right. Yeah. So I learned that if I get to the end of something and just look confident right. while my br- while the little guy in my brain's going, "What is the Miami mean? Where's that?" Right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. if I can just look like I've made a, just made a very deep point, as Jeb was saying earlier, everyone else will go he must really be into what he's about to oh, say. That's
2: amazing.
0: And it's right. the exact same effort yep. on my part of being panicked. I just have a little technique to do yep. that. Yep. One of my favorite things Jesus says in the Bible about worries, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, who by worrying can add an hour to their life? Right, yeah.
4: Yeah. Which
0: I love when there's stuff like that in the Bible where not only does it say do not worry, it says that, but then it tells you why. That's yeah, all right. wasted yeah. effort. And basically what we're telling you here is that the effort you put into, well, oh, what if it goes wrong? What if it goes wrong? Could go into preparing for when it inevitably goes wrong, yep. yeah, and just kind of building yourself up to know that that won't be the end of the world. And Lee, you want to close us out on this? Yeah,
3: I, just one one more thing on this, and this is for anybody that has to do this kind of upfront stuff: is you just need to do a lot of it, also. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, a, true. a lot of this is you know, like for instance, uh, just one one small example. One of my favorite stand-up comedians is a guy called Jim Gaffigan. And, you know, his every special that he comes out with, to me, is better than the last one. Yeah. And we got on a yep. on a tear where we were my wife and I were like, we would just we were like, we just couldn't get enough of the Jim Gaffigan. So we were looking on on Spotify and they had like his first ever, you know, special on on Spotify or whatever. So we go back and listen to us from many, many years ago and it, sh- it was just not that good yeah i mean it was just i mean every like it was one of those deals where like every every ten twelve minutes he had a really great joke, and then everything in between was like it was okay And then we go back and listen to the newest stuff, and he's just, his timing, he's just holding the audience, he punches them in the face, he reels them in, he knocks them back. I mean, he just owns a room of a thousand people, like nobody's business. And seven years ago, he just could not do that. He was just like, every now and then there was a good joke. All that to say, like, you're going to fail a lot. And there's performers fail, and it's totally cool. They, and they all know that you're going to bomb. You're going to have times where you just lay an egg. And there's and it's totally cool. But you keep going. You just get back up there. You do it again. And there's a thing is, is when you've been doing something like this, stage work especially, you do it like after 10 or 12 years, you'll look back and, and you'll realize like now I kind of know what I'm doing a little bit. And that's a real, it's really totally cool. I mean, that's kind of one of the things everybody on this show, we all say, well, there's, there's aspects of our upfront stuff that we've been doing for years and years and we're way, way better at it now than we used to be. Yeah,
0: man, it's absolutely true. And, uh, close it out. One of the things that is important to keep in mind as you do stuff, especially when you're in school is there's always another one. Yep. There's another service on for us. There's another service on Tuesday. There's another service on Sunday. There's another play. The worst case scenario, if you get up there and go, to be or not to be? That's a good question, huh? <laughs> um, you <laughs> know. I
2: got any ideas?
0: Yeah. There's, there's going to be another one tomorrow. It's fine. All right. We're going to close this out here. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. If you write us on the blog, please mention that it's for the podcast so we can make sure to get it on here. If you want to sign up for Bridgebox, missionosa.com slash bridgebox, missionosa.com slash B-B-L-Y. We're going to take you out because it is the most wonderful time of the year for a couple more days here. We're going to take you out of the Christmas song. This is Lee's version of an American Civil War-era yes. Christmas song called I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, recorded for Bridgebox last year. It's a great tune. Lee did a great job of singing it. Jed did a great job of some of the production work. We really hope you enjoy that. Yes. So we'll see you next time. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about
1: it. You're the podcast fans that stole our heart.
4: Nice. Oh. Oh. Oh.